Liron, status of the moon. Falling slowly. Current calculations show it will make atmospheric entry in 10 days, 6 hours, and 23 minutes. The moon will begin to affect our surface as it gets closer. Let's get everyone into their shelters as soon as possible. Yes, sir. You wear the mantle of leader rather well, Supreme Commander Rothio. That isn't what matters, Liron. I'm only doing what must be done for humanity, nothing more. My goodness, well, sounds like the boy's grown into quite a man. Say, would you care to join me on a date? Yeah. There's something I'd like to tell you in person. That's right, I'll be waiting. I hope he doesn't get burnt out. Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. He's nothing but a disgrace. He's Josh. Oh, man, we're going to start talking about that now. Damn it. Why, why change the formula? Oh. And he's one of Rossio's top ass kissers. He's Andy. <laughs> but I didn't have Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Deep cut. My wisdom sure has its moments. I'm Bill. Yeah, yeah, your wisdom... Scary thing sometimes. Hey guys! Hey! Hi! Hi! What's going on? <laughs> this is Tuning Japanese, the podcast where we talk about Gurren Lagann, and we are, we are like balls deep in this bitch. It is. <laughs> okay, so we should never, never air gay comedy, uh, sex comedy to Andrew before recording an episode because yeah, that's all going to be that sort of shit. We're getting close to the Taco Bell. <laughs> uh, no, we're here today to talk about Gurren Lagann, which is episode twenty. How far will God test us? It yes. wasn't like you weren't reading that at all. That no. sounds like a Sarah McLaughlin song. <laughs> In the arms of an angel. How long we got to all these sad beastmen in prison. Oh, no! Oh, no! <laughs> That's called a transition. For, that, for, that, for dollars that is... a day, for dollars a day, you can... You, you... can feed this, this beastman prisoner. Oh. Oh, this is Viral. Hello. <laughs> Viral probably doesn't need to eat, though, at this point. Not anymore. But he does it because it's like routine. He likes to taste the food. You don't know that. Oh. Quit adding headcanon. I want my fanfic to come true. Oi. So, hi. How you guys doing? I'm pretty spectacular. Not high. A little drunk. <laughs> oh, Lord. We're going to talk about some Grin Log on. Uh, yeah. Before we get there, anyone have anything interesting to talk about before we jump into our review? Toys R Us, but that's about it. Just yeah, the, we know that. Yeah. They're still restocking their stores as of right now. We went in there the other day, and the... Shelves were fully stocked with stuff, except for Transformer toys. It's mostly Baybots and just what's been currently released. That's or, pretty uh, much Prime. all that's been for a long time is yeah. Baybots and animated or Robots in Disguise or whatever the right. whatever the kid cartoon currently on is. Right, um, right. What's a Baybot? Michael Bay movies. Oh, got it. <laughs> the, the ones that, that even the, the kids that want to buy them are going, no, nah, I don't want that one. It looks ugly. Fair enough. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, I mean, I got, I got nothing. 
Overwatch is doing a new thing, Retribution. Right, um, right. That, know, that looks like it's a lot of fun. I just haven't gotten to it. I've been playing it a little bit. I haven't played that a little bit, but I've been playing uh, Overwatch a little bit in general. Checking my email. Checking your email. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that, that's been going on. How's the uh, E-League going? Uh, E-League's going good. good. Uh, we're on the second season. Uh, we lost, all the teams lost their first game, but we're we're working hard trying to there see what we can uh, improve going forward. So Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Bill, what's what's new with you? Nothing. Okay. We Not watched the first episode of that ninja thing. Oh, yeah, we did. We watched Kamen Rider. Kamen Rider Gaim. We did watch the first episode of that on YouTube. Now, now explain to our audience as to what brought you to watching this particular Common Rider series. The, the toys are cool, <laughs> and they were at a local resale shop. I knew of the toys from a few of the toy reviewers I watch online. Mm. I thought they were really cool. I wasn't going to pay the money to import them. And then all of a sudden, a couple of them popped up at a resale shop here locally. And I thought, well, they're a lot cheaper than uh, getting them online, so I guess I'll give one a shot. And I was absolutely blown away by the quality, the articulation, Mm -hmm. the gimmick. They're just bonkers enough being that they have fruit powers to be (laughs) fun. And I think the other part of the gimmick that makes it work is they play it just deadpan stone face serious. Like, there's nothing silly silly about this at all. They're not self-aware on this series at all. Nope. Holy crap. It's dancers competing against each other, the, but now, they also have, like, little locks that are fruit that make Pokemon. It's really confusing. The, the plot is... I guess that's ultimately the thing that brought me to watching this, to mm-hmm. fully answer your question. Sure. Because I read up on it a little bit. I have a couple of them now. And everything I read about made zero sense. <laughs> and I was like, I don't get what's happening at all. It's weird. So I decided I wanted to actually watch the show. Because apparently it's... The Yggdrasil Corporation hmm. is a big company who has basically made a near-future pseudo-dystopia town, like a ancient Japanese castle city. Huh. And to get away from the oppression, the kids form, like, street dance crews, and they serve each other. <laughs> it's and they weird. also play Pokemon with these, the lock seeds. Okay. Like the little padlock fruit things they use. Okay. People have them for some unexplained reason. They seem to come from another dimension. And they use them to make the monsters that are inside them fight each other. Okay. But apparently our main character finds a belt that lets him, while in this other dimension the monsters come from, he oh. finds a belt that lets him use the powers to turn into a common Rider. Yep. it's That's huh. about all you need to know, in all honesty, because that's I, about all I got out of it. And I know that's completely baffling, but that's... Yeah, that's and about then, all I got so far. And then the rest of it is your usual common writer. We're gonna fight in costumes, and it's gonna look crazy bonkers. No, I don't think it's usual. I think they fight each other. Because I know the guy that has the banana arms is called Baron, and okay. one of the other dance crews is the Baron dance crew. So okay. I bet that guy is common writer Baron. Uh-huh. And so I think there's a lot of like, I don't think the common writers are a team working together. They are in competition with each they other? They compete with each other? Are they going to dance while as the Kamen Rider? I because that would be awesome. I don't That know. would be epic, and I, I might have to watch more of this. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, so well, I think that's about all we can talk about this week. I yeah. think it's just time to get into a review yeah. of this episode of Grand Lagan. Josh, it is your week this week. Yes. Uh, and this is, we are down counting this one to just eight episodes left in the entire series. Yeah. You're right. welcome, Bill. Did the thank you, thank you, you, thank you. I figured you'd be really excited. All right. Ready? 
Well, I was born ready. All right. Recap time! Simone is a man searching for his own path, even while fate betrays him. And we've got two weeks left before the moon pulls a Majora's mask. And Simone was tried as a war criminal for political reasons. And his cellmate is none other than Viral. Basically, yeah, I, I, one of the cool things that this season is doing is they're doing a very good job of leaving off with cliffhangers, and so at least now when we get these recaps, it kind of makes, makes sense. A, makes a little bit yeah. more sense. Because yes. before, it was just like, this is a story of a man who is not giving up, and they don't really tell us, they tell us a few things, but right. it was never, like, tense, because they always started right. over fresh. Right. So we actually cut to Viral, who's indulging in a moment of smugness over the fact that Simone is now a prisoner. Well, wouldn't you if you were a Vero? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what else has he got to live for? And Simone is surprisingly chill about all this. Yeah, Simone, Simone is pretty chill. Yeah, he's like, that's okay, that's cool. Yeah, Bill Bill noted that, I think, when yeah. we were watching it. Like, or No, you don't noted it. Yeah, he did. Okay, sorry, I thought, never mind. Mm-hmm. I was trying to pull you in. I thought you had. Yeah, <laughs> guys, Simone's attitude. Th- I'm listening. Oh, I know you are. Simone's attitude throughout his incarceration, and we'll, we'll note this in the episode, is very not typical Simone. No. That we've seen. No, he's not whining, he's not dead-eyed, he's also not, like, angry, either. Right, right. It, it's like he's woke. <sighs> Am I woke in Bill? Because you always say I'm woke as fuck. Mm-hmm. You're, oh, yeah. Does that Bill put... is woke as fuck. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, don't delete me! Don't delete me! Delete, delete. Damn it! Current lock-on is obsolete! <laughs> <laughs> Lord, carry on. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, we've got Leron, who's uh, burning the midnight oil when he discovers something shocking. Also, I want his coffee cup. Ooh, wait. Oh, the coffee cup that has the logo. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool coffee it, it, cup. It's kind of... I wonder where he... Where did he get that? Did yeah. he like... Internet. Uh, internet. Okay, fair enough. The spiral net. Uh, yeah. Title card. We got to see the uh, progress of how the evacuations are going. And it looks like they're going smoothly and on time, with six days remaining to their deadline. Get it? Deadline. Eh, eh. It's not really a joke. Uh, Is it really six days? Okay, let me back that up. It's not six days before the uh, the moon drops. They have, they're have they projecting six days to get everything, get everyone evacuated into the bunkers and onto Art Gurren. Got it. Okay, okay. six days until that's prepared. Because so, seven Leron, days. Leron does the math and has said that the moon will make planet fall in ten days. All is going well. Too well. Dun, dun, dun. So, like... And it's it's really, you know, the exchange between Rossiu and Leron's a pretty good one. And Mm -hmm. uh, Leron gets really flirty with Rossiu. Apparently he's attracted to men with power. Yeah, you you think that at first, but then he's just being his normal... Kind of goofy selfie. He, he, but he sets something. him up on a date, though. He even says it's going to be a date. Yeah, he's he's trying to play coy, but he has, I think he's got something. He's Come as on, we'll Andrew, see, Andrew. he's got something very serious to tell. He's him. using his sexuality as a weapon. Yeah, he's Andrew's, messing with he's messing with Rossi. Yes, he is. Andrew, admit you wanted to ship this. I yeah, oh yeah, actually, a hundred percent want to ship this. <laughs> I'm all for this. I was also hoping that Simone and uh, Viral would get it on during that scene when they're in the towels, but <laughs> yeah, but carry on. But we cut back to Simone, who's in prison and eating by himself, and everyone's talking shit to him because, you know, they're pretty much all beastmen that he had incarcerated because, you know, they were enemies of the state. It's that typical trope of, yeah. like, the good the good cop gets yep. put in jail for whatever reason, yep. and all the people who he or she has put away are also there, and they're going to... 
what? We don't have time for that. Oh my god, why don't we have time for that? As we get some fan service again, but this time, it's full of naked male ass in the showers. You know? Complete with really short towels that barely contain the the junk. (laughs) You know, as far as (laughs) fan service goes, I mean, it was kind of nice for once to be on the other side of that. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't remember any ass. Oh, there was some ass. There was like one oh. scene where like they, they have a panning uh, shot of like everyone's butt. And uh, Simon is suddenly attacked by Foghorn Leghorn's angry, no-winged cousin. Nah, he's a, he's the chicken from Family Guy. Oh, he totally's the chicken from Family Guy. <laughs> thank you, Bill. I he's... was actually going to. I was trying to think of a clever uh, name. I was actually going to go to you for this one. So thank you. Yeah, he looks like he would cut a bitch. My my wisdom is on point. It is. It is. <laughs> Apparently. The chicken was one of the uh, cock general's subordinates, and due to Simone's victory, he had his wings literally clipped and thrown into prison. Guess wait, it's... wait, the wings were thrown into prison? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Del- called a misplaced modifier. Uh, <laughs> Delicious. Hey, guys, guess <laughs> what? Chicken wings. Guess what? Chicken guess butt. what? Chicken butt. It's first day fight time, folks! Yes, it is first day fight time. We do get a goddamn chicken butt. We get a... <laughs> It's great. Not quite chicken butt, but we get a little bit of, uh, Bill called it a chicken snail trail. That we oh, see God, that's so crazy, that fucking... Oh, We're that mixing was... our metaphors, holy shit! No, that, that, that chicken was, like, badass, like, check out my check out my ch- happy trail. It's... <laughs> get down to my He's real... He's got path. a happy trail that makes Zangief jealous. Cloaca. Happy trail, that's what I was going for. Yes. Happy, thank you. Zangief wants happy trail. Find my cloaca. Just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're bad guy. Well, <laughs> 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 the fight between Simon and the chicken is underway, and oh, here comes a new challenger. I hate when that happens when you're when you're at the arcade back in the day and you're playing a fighting game and you're getting really far and someone sidles up and puts in the cor- their quarter and you're like, but I was really getting close to the end. I was at the final boss. And you. you he, he had was this at much one, left. one yes. quarter of his health bar left. Well, I was never that crazy about arcades. Yeah. yeah other, other people. Oh, fair yeah, enough. but at least when it came to the arcades, you actually saw the person that you were uh, fighting against or playing against. So the trash talking wasn't nearly as bad as it is now. Yeah, because you just reach out and punch the guy. Yeah. Exactly. So a fight happens. Yes. And as I said, here comes a new challenger yes. as Viral steps in. Viral doesn't like the uh, Family Guy chicken. And he just tosses him through a wall and decides to see, fight Simon instead. I do like this scene. He hits the wall really hard, and he, he just falls through, through it, it. <laughs> with, with, with the outline. That is either Viral is absurdly strong, or this prison was made shittily. I think yes. a little from column A, a little from column B. Viral engages in some smack talk to Simon, saying that he couldn't hang in a one-on-one fight without his gunman, unlike Kamina. And uh, Simon... However, does make Viral Eater's words as he shows he isn't a slouch in hand-to-hand combat. No, he's not. Yeah. No. It's it's kind of an interesting fight in that one of the things we get here, which we haven't mentioned yet, one of my negatives about this episode is, once again, we have a lot of Bill... Uh, Bill as Bill kind of coined it, like, shortcuts. Yeah. Uh, in animation. Yeah, there's nothing blatantly awful about the animation here. But there's a lot of little corners cut. Like I said, like again, shortcuts, yeah. like you said, and, and compared to how the last two episodes have been gorgeously animated, yeah. oh, absolutely, it's less than what we've been getting. I'd rather see these little shortcuts and be able to move past them than just uh, absolutely blatantly horrible. 
yeah. moments like still images or silhouettes being slid around. Yeah. I mean, we did have a moment where they were fighting and we were focused on the chicken who was knocked out. And then, like, they have dialogue back and forth, the two of them, for, the like, for, like 15 seconds with blows landing. And then finally the chicken, like, pops his head up, like, huh? So, like, they did do that kind of yeah. bullshit again, like we saw once when right. they focused on Yoko. But it's harder to notice in yes. this episode. It's, yes, very much. It's shorter. There's yeah. more of them. But yeah. they're shorter and less intrusive. I agree. The Family Guy chicken does try to uh, jump back in, and uh, he's kicked back into the wall by Vero again. But instead of going through this time, he just falls over, but it does create kind of a funny design he, it's, in it's the It's symmetry. Mm-hmm. A little symmetry It's there. very symmetric. So, uh, yeah, uh, we do, as you said, we get to the point where we're just focusing on the Family Guy chicken. He's knocked out. Ernie. And we've got the, his, name, his name is Ernie. Ernie. Thank you. Huh. How'd you find... Oh, internet. All right. <laughs> I have an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we, we focus on Ernie as the young. Know, we have that fight going on, and we hear the blows land and the smack talking going on. And finally, Bernie does try for one more run-in and instead stupidly runs into the crossfire of punches. I like that. Gets knocked yeah. out. Nice Cards spot. storm in to break up the fight, to which they go, okay, <laughs> what's going on here? The onlookers are quick to throw Viral under the bus when they were cheering him on, and they go, they both beat up that poor chick, Birdman. I love it. I yep. love it. Because they're both like, wait, what? And yeah. it's that first moment of, like, solidarity, like, of those two. Speaking of solidarity, in solitary. Yes. Solitary yes. solidarity. Indeed. It's not really solitary. Well, either. yeah, I wouldn't call it solitary because, I mean... Well, they're thrown in the clink. Well, yeah, but they they're already in the clink. And they can hear each they're other. They're thrown into the clink of the clink. The clinky clink? The clinky clink. Okay. <laughs> they're in the clunk. Fine, move on. <laughs> we go back and we get some vague indications from Rossiu and Liron that shit is about to go bad. Meanwhile, Keaton attempts to talk to Keenone about stuff and he notices that our gurn is being loaded with tons of animals. It's mm-hmm. weird. It's like it's called an arc. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm surprised they didn't Meanwhile, take like, just one, like two of each human. I was going to say one of each is one not of right. Each, yeah, that's, that's not right. It's not that that doesn't work. Nope. 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 We cut back to the bridge of Arkgren, where Liron and Gimbley and Ottenborough and some Lord, other dude. The guy from Lord of the Rings? No, Ottenborough. Yep. The dwarf. No, yeah. no, no. That That's that's Gimbley. This is Gwynbley. No, you think of Gimbley. Gim- <laughs> I'm thinking of Gimbley. No, no. I... Uh, Gimbley is the uh, the dude who keeps fixing his glasses. Oh, okay. okay. But we uh, find the out dwarf in Lotus War. Uh, Gim. That was just Gim. That was yeah. just Gim. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they're uh, attaching Lord Genome's head to the uh, dashboard. <laughs> he's a fucking. It's one of those fucking ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we do get this explanation though. <laughs> I know. I was thinking the same thing. Oh my god! We need a. Oh my god! We need a gif. We need a gift of a bobblehead someone, someone make that. I think oh, that's I amazing. That I do a lot of silent, like, pantomime jokes for a podcast. You really you do. You really do. Your visual humor is lost on our audience. Oh, God. <laughs> but we find out that Lord Genome's head is needed because apparently Art Gurren won't activate without his biosignature. Give it some head. Yep. What does Art Gurren want? <laughs> <laughs> what does Art Gurren need? Yes. <laughs> what does Art Gurren love? <laughs> Uh, but, uh, again, spiral energy. Gimbley does bring uh, bring up the idea about the head possibly taking over the ship. To which Leron, I love this bit. You know, he just replies that then he should be sitting nearby with some dynamite. 
To blow him up? To blow him up. But you blow up, like, half the ship. That's such a weird one. Like, no, it's like, That's no. That's a very passive-aggressive no. uh, uh, cut. What you say is, um, you take this baseball bat, so you can just break his glass dome open. But he was pretty or much... A gun. A gun, yes. Shoot him in the dome. But you get what was going on. Leron was pretty much displeased with the whole idea of uh, Kenone piloting uh, Gurin with explosives strapped to her. Yeah, so oh, that's right. That was a caddy callback to that. Okay, I missed he was, that. Okay, Andrew, I'm surprised. He was doing a caddy callback. I missed okay. it. I just, I just forgot what happened. Andrew doesn't understand gay caddy humor? Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. I'm shocked. Oh, I'm that's, sorry, that's 100%. I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. That's I'm a shocked. I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> you're, the one in, you're the one in this couple that plays it more straight than the other. I'm just a bad gay. But anyway, carry on. They decide to turn everything on, or I should say Otten Barone is button fetish hits the uh, startup button and uh, switches on Lord Genome's head and yeah love that scene I didn't catch it I watched <laughs> this episode twice today it took this until the second time to realize how ridiculous this was his head like glows completely his eyes green. and his mouth light up it's like the fans lighting up on my computer when I turn it on yes blinding wait a minute did the fans scream in pain like like Lord Genome did depends how recently I've cleaned it uh, fair <laughs> enough sometimes that's how my Playstation sounds so yeah, everything's up and gone. We're go go to launch. So uh, Kitan finds a uh, Gimbley, and he decides he's gonna start doing his interrogating again. Yeah, he and, does this a lot. This yeah, episode. yeah. And so um, you know, he's like, hey, you know, you're one of Rossi's top ass kissers. So um, what's going on with all the animals? What's going on? I'm gonna but, beat you up. But he refuses to give in. Yeah, and Kitan actually shows a very astute nature at this point and actually says, well, all right, you're not going to tell me something? I got it figured out. Something really bad's going to happen. And Rasu, who just loves animals, is saving all of them just because he's a nice guy. See, I assumed they were bringing the animals on there so that way they could have food. Yeah, that was sarcasm. <laughs> you're really bad at this. What, was Josh being sarcastic? No, Keaton was being sarcastic. Yeah, oh, Keaton was, oh, you are bad with. I'm okay. So, it's been a long week. Okay, okay. You know what? We're gonna explain <laughs> sarcasm to Andrew during the break card. Ah! My name is Andy. This is a break card, and this is the voice of a tired teacher in the last legs before break. I want to thank you once again for your support of the Tuning Japanese podcast. You can find all the information about our show at tuningjapanese.com. You can also find information over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese where you can help support the show. Be like superfan Matt and donate just a little bit of money to get all kinds of cool stuff, including bonus episodes, stickers, and getting to actually be potentially on a future episode alongside of us. Don't forget also to check out the Questionable Endeavor Network at questendnetwork.com. Go check out our Discord there. We love talking to the fans, and we'd like to talk to you if you're not on there already. So go to questendnetwork.com slash Discord and sign up. It's free, and you can chat with us and other people from other podcasts and other fans of the network. This week I want to suggest 
Perilous Pretenders, a podcast on the Questionable Endeavor Network. If you're a fan of tabletop RPGs, you definitely have to give these folks a chance. I'm a big fan of what they do. Uh, if you like Star Wars, they're doing a, an Edge of the Empire campaign right now on there. Uh, you can also listen to episodes of them playing Vampire the Masquerade, the old game from the 1990s. And you don't even have to actually smoke any cloves to enjoy it. You just got to sit back and enjoy the gothy goodness as they play Chicago by Night. And you can find that podcast alongside of tons of other content, once again, at questnnetwork.com. Let's get you to a commercial and back to our review of this episode of Gurren Lagann. Sup, bitches? We're Pwn Stars, a video game podcast about developers, one host obsession with Genji's butt, and other random shit. Also, we give you gaming news that you probably already knew the fuck about. Who likes Genji's butt? Who knows? Just ask us. So join us every week for your dose of random gaming. So random, half the time, we don't even know what the fuck we're going to talk about. Josh, got anything to add? I don't do good with the short stuff, only the long stuff. That's what she said. Giggity. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and always on the Questionable Another Network. So that's how it works. You have to use a, a kind of a condescending tone uh-huh. when you're being sarcastic. Uh, that I, told, I told you it wasn't worth trying. Uh-huh. I no. thought he got it for a second. Wait, wait. Oh, I did too. Wait. <laughs> I don't get it. All right, well, we're back. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Kidon uh, decides he's going to go visit Kion and Anne. <laughs> Anne. Anne. I love you, Anne. <laughs> In the hospital. And Every time. It never gets old. <laughs> we, you know, he learns that uh, Daika's kind of dragging his feet on evacuating the, the girls. And Kidon does what he does best. Which is? Yell. Oh, okay. Pretty much yells at them for getting to get loaded up on Art Gurren now. There's pl- so there are doctors and this and the other thing. Wakes up the baby. We have a little rooftop discussion about nothing, and then the Mugan are attacking. Yeah, out of nowhere. And this is where, th- when this happened the first time I was watching the episode, I was like, oh, why the hell would they not expect them to attack? Like, yeah, sure, the moon's coming down to, to kill them all. But, like, if I were the bad guys in this situation... I would continue to be sending down things despite yeah. that fact because I wouldn't want to give them... It's like the Bond villain who, like, monologues and just gives Bond the chance to get out of the restraints. Right. Like, these bad guys are smart. They're not going to allow them to prepare. Well, they even said, we're still going to make your lives hell for the next two weeks. True. You know, right. and, and they do. They, you know, true their word. Here comes the attack. And the two-week thing might legitimately be a reason they might... That might be how long it takes them to get the moon in that trajectory. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So they're buying for time. Yeah, yeah. So the the Mugan are, are attacking pretty much. We find out at the location where the Art Gurren is. Yes, like they're aware that there's a giant ship underground that could probably fuck their shit up, fuck oh, up yeah. their plans. Oh, hundred percent. We cut to an action sequence of the Grop rolls actually being effective for once. Yep. And even uh, Gimme is all like, "Yeah." We're kicking ass now. These guys are nothing. Well, there's several dozen of them, so I yeah. hope they could do something. Right. And uh, we do uh, focus a bit more on Keton, uh, where he's doing the whole noble rear guard thing, gets everyone out of the hospital, and he's going to take on the Mugan with his patented spiral shotgun shells. Yeah? Yeah, they had spirals around the shell. Right. Yeah, I was confused by this, but I guess it kind of makes sense. I think it's just using spiral energy inside the shell. I think that's really all it is, instead of, like, buckshot. Or maybe instead of gunpowder. I, I think that's all it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it, and it's a noble sacrifice, gentlemen. It's a magic shotgun. Magic shotgun. 
Magic bullets. Isn't that the name Mag- of the, the magic the, the shells? Juicer? Yes, it's not bullets or shells. Oh, okay, bu- magic shells. No, wait, no, no, no. Ma- We're getting our anime crossed because that's totally, totally outlaw star right there. Magical shells and cheese. The caster shells. You've seen outlaw. Star. I've seen outlaw star. So you. Know I haven't. So, gentlemen, we need to talk about Keton here. He's uh, he's about to die. Mugon turns on him. It fires on him, and uh, he's saved at the last minute by Makin. Yeah, that, now, that happens. That dude is the... Bald-headed dude. Uh, yeah, who we never saw before, right? No, you saw him a couple episodes ago. He's the guy... Well, I mean, yeah, but like he was in, but like not in the first half of the, the arc. He was, but just like in the background. He was, oh. it, was, it was one of the ones that were all um, gathered together. He was there. Okay. When they first went to ta- attack uh, um, Timald. Okay. So, yeah, he'd been there. I don't think he was uh, had a voice actor until he married the blonde scientist. Okay, yeah. you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of Leita, we also find out that she ended up dropping off Keaton's gunman, which if you don't know the name of it, is actually known as the King Keaton. King Keaton? Yes. Yeah, King Keaton's oh. what he named it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and we find out in, in a very interesting thing that one, Makin and Leita, for some reason, had the uh, spiral am- ammunition... That can destroy the Mugon. Mm-hmm. And they said that they got it from a, a government contract that they had. And then we find out that they had the gunmen because the government officials dropped them off to have them destroyed. And Leita's like, no, nah, we're going to keep them. Keep them and maintain them. Yeah. It's smart. I mean, any good technician like that, I mean, yeah, it's a risk to against the government. But at the same time, <laughs> if you're, if you know what they're worth, I would do the same thing. Especially if they're you're just into the technology. Oh, absolutely. You, know, you can't stand to see it destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. We focus back on Keaton, whose whose main focus is actually getting as many people loaded onto Arkurin as possible. We learn from Lord Genome's head that Arkurin had defensive capabilities because they were all like dumbfounded when they got shot at and an energy shield pops up and they're like, what? Of, of course and, it's going to have and, defenses. Yeah, it it's a giant yeah, piece of technology yeah, yeah, in this like, world. It was a yeah. warship. Yeah, and then they even are even more surprised by seeing that the old school gunmen are taking on the Mugon and actually holding their own fairly capably. At which again, Lord Genome states, "Well, yeah, they were originally designed to fight the Anti Spiral." This reminds me of like Trigun with the Seed ships. Was it Project Seeds? No. Yeah. 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 Seed ships. Uh, like this idea that they're going to be up there in space now, like basically mm-hmm. like waiting until they can like re-inhabit a planet. You know, I, I thought it was kind of kind of interesting. Right. Sort of parallel. Did we completely miss that whole? Yeah, we actually did. So um, we find out that the plan to evacuate everyone into the underground shelters is not going to work due to the how fast the moon is going to hit the earth. Oh yeah, that was during uh that was during when uh they had their date. It was mm-hmm. just a way to pacify the masses. No, actually they were they were explaining it to Keaton. It was a uh, uh Keaton oh, that came up right. to it and Rossi was like we got to talk. Yeah. Their whole plan at this point is to get everyone as as many people and animals as they can loaded onto the Ark Gurren to survive because they have to survive in space for at least a year. Yep, because that's the idea is within that year they'll be able to go back down and re- greenhouse re- gases will will dissipate, but everything on the surface is fucked. So okay, we're we're caught up. Okay, back to where we're at right now. Rossio has to make the hard decision. We have so many people, we still need to roll. We have got fifty thousand people. We've got to load up right now, and he's like, "We leave in thirty minutes." Mm-hmm. And like Keaton shows up, he's like, "Oh, that's a hard decision to make. That's a very leaderly thing to say." And I don't. It's interesting because Rossio. 
Rossio doesn't like it. He doesn't. And he doesn't mm-hmm. want that responsibility, which I think is an interesting turning point because before this, I feel like he feels like he could take on that responsibility himself. He like has got this underground facility. He's doing all this research. He's, I feel like he has no qualms really ultimately about arresting his friend Simone. You know, like he has to do what he has to do. So I feel like this is his first taste of shit. Maybe I don't want to actually be in charge of the, all the, Here are the hard decisions. And we're going to get a little bit more about that in the next couple episodes. So don't worry. we're not. This is not going to be a loose plot thread with, with Rossio. I hope not. I just want to let you know because you have this very concerned look. I am. It gets addressed. Um, what? I do wonder, though, is Rossio really ever Simone's friend? I mean, they work together. They, they were comrades. They're allies. Allies. You don't have to were they be... ever really friends? You don't have to be uh... friends with to be allies. I don't know. I, I mean, mean, they got along, but I mean... they. they... I don't see them ever hanging out at the bar at five o'clock. That's what I'm saying. Just you, know, you never actually steam. see the two of them having any sort of connection with each other. Right. Well, I guess that's a they good They worked point. together. Rossiu, Rossiu took on Gurin as he was pretty much the only person available who may have had any idea on how to work Gurin. Exactly. You know, it, Rossiu, and I think that that's a, it's a good point to kind of take a, take a pause to talk about the character of Rossiu. Rossiu is very much this character that, He's going to do the thing because he sees the necessity of it. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily that he, well, okay. He obviously did, you know, with the rebellion, he believed in it. He wanted to see humanity thrive and he did what he believed, what he needed to do to take care of it. And I think this is where he's at right now too. He's doing what he feels he needs to, to see humanity thrive again. Yeah, definitely. So Keaton convinces him, Hey, you got to give it to me. You yeah, gotta maybe. give it to me. At this point, you're doing your thing. I commend you for it. It's hard. It's a hard call to make. Give me the thing. We're gonna get this back to Simo. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Rossiu has actually been holding on. He kept saying that he was gonna lock up the core drill. He had it on him the whole time, and uh, gives it over to Rossiu, almost like physically handing off the mantle of leadership back to Keaton to give it back to Simo. Eh, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I, it's one of those things where. Does he really want to have this burden on his shoulders anymore? I don't know. I guess we'll have to see in the All next right. couple episodes where it goes. We get a final shot of Arkerin leaving the Earth. We get the view from Simone. He's talking with, with Viral. Apparently the prison evacuated and left them there. Yeah. Assholes. I love how they find out, like they realize it like right away. They're yeah. just like, well, guess we're stuck here. <laughs> and, they're, and they're both just like, okay. Yeah. And that's really kind of a funny tone. But Simone is like happy. He's happy that that Ross. Well, Ross, you did something. He got some people that safe. they got people to safety, everything else, and then Twilight Princess Nia shows up again, fucking teleporting in, just like, um, don't be so happy. Cause... I'm here to fuck things up. Yeah, essentially, because <laughs> she's all like, check out this uh, cool little like image. You know what? You see this? This is your planet. This is your planet on moon. Any questions? <laughs> you know, and I gotta say, you know, Twilight Princess Nia would make a great Herald of Galactus. She kind of is a herald. When I mean, you really, really think about that's it. kind of the yeah, It's kind of like, yeah, it's what she's doing. She's a herald for this. But, but instead weird... of the anti spirals, I could just see her showing up. My Lord Galactus has come. He will devour your world. Praise in your destruction. Well, I mean, it's kind of what the anti- Lord Galactus co- has come. <laughs> Stay out of Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> well, I mean, like, we don't really have an idea of what this anti spiral actually tangibly is. Bring all your tissues. So it is kind of like this. She's she's this sort of like 
physical manifestation of a concept at this point. Right, right. I mean, she is the, yes, she is obviously a herald. But I just think she'd be a better herald of Galactus. I was making just jokes. I'm sorry. I, it's, okay. it's okay. We love you, Bill. That's why we have you here. Well, evil Nia is doing her evil monologue, and uh, as all evil monologues should have, it's interrupted by a gunshot. Yeah, and uh, you don't even really tell like where the gunshot hits, because Nia does not flinch. Yeah, and uh, out from the shadows, <gasps> it's Yoko bearing her gun and saying and that... And her tits. <laughs> <laughs> and saying that Nia's turned into a boring evil bitch. Yeah, that's, that's quite a final line. Like, <laughs> like, I didn't know you became such a boring bitch. Nia. Like, what? <laughs> to be continued. Dun, dun, dun. What do you do? And that's it. That is the episode 20. How far will God test us? Josh. Yes. Tell us what you think. It's an okay episode. The animation is slightly lackluster, but not as bad as we've seen in previous episodes. And I think that's probably the one glaring thing about the episode. Maybe also maybe a little bit more of a focus on Simone's prison life. Could have been a little bit more entertaining. Maybe, you know, him him in the yard and having problems and Viral's just giving him shit the whole time. Pumping iron. Yeah, you know, I mean... Getting shanked. I I, I don't... I mean, we're we're kind of lost on the passage of... Sell cigarettes. Sell cigarettes. Uh, Prison bitches. Putting, you know, balloon of like uh, marijuana or or, or cocaine in his asshole. I thought you said not a pudding balloon. No, <laughs> putting a bu- putting a balloon. Like they don't of, they don't love have in prison. Up I mean, is up is pooper. I mean that's the pro- That is one of the problems. And then he eats Taco Bell and then he shits it out. <laughs> I mean, how else are you gonna get the cocaine out? That's true. <laughs> My plan. <laughs> the focus on the episode uh, being kind of what's going on is great. Yeah, I just a little messed up with the kind of passage of time. How long has it been? It feels like it's like possibly days, but. Or just one day. It's, there's some issues with knowing how long it's been since yeah. Simon's gone to prison and what's all going on. Well, I think that's good in some sense because it is hectic. Mm-hmm. And I think it's meant to be like kind of hectic and crazy. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably, I don't know because I haven't watched the next episode, but I'm hoping we'll get a reestablishment of like how much time is left at some point during the next episode. Mm-hmm. Like they'll, they'll make it clear, I'm sure. They always do. It's not a bad episode. Uh, definitely not one of the worst. Kind of middle ground does some good explanation, gives us the idea that they are getting pretty fucked at this point. Yeah, It's probably one of the weaker ones for a lot of reasons this week of the arc two. Um, there are a few good reveals. I do enjoy the fight. I did enjoy the fight scene between the two, even though it was a little cut down. There was definitely a heavy focus on some of these other characters who, while interesting, it felt like it dragged on a little bit. I don't know. Animation wasn't great. Even some of the the normal scenes, there was some like weird shading effects on the eyes, and just like kind of mm-hmm. like just generally some not very well put together images. So that said, still interested. Still want to know what happens, um, which is a lot better than where we were in arc one. Can't say anything too bad about this. Just probably the weakest episode so far of arc two. It was a pretty middling, straightforward, average utility episode. Nothing earth shaking happened. The animation was serviceable. Yeah. Okay. It was. Yeah. All right. But anywho, that about does it for this week of our review of Gurdon Lagan. We're back next week with episode 21. You are someone who ought to survive. Guess what, guys? We're uh-huh. going back to school next week. Uh, what? You'll see. I actually like this one. I'm always at school. <sighs> I actually like this next one. Okay. I, you know what? This is... 
I'm, cool. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. But Bill, before we get there, we need your blessing. Send us home. This has been Tooting Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. And my wisdom sure has its moments. I'm Bill. <laughs> I, I'm nothing but a disgrace. I'm Josh. And I'm one of Ross Yu's top ass kissers. Oh my. My name is Andy, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. But joke. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questandnetwork.com. While you're there, check out other great shows like The Shadowfane Podcast, The Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Home Stars, Slasher Sanitarium, Raw Attitude Podcast, New Blood Rising, The Reanimator Podcast, Taco Tuesday Podcast, Nerd Control, and our newest show, Hairless Pretenders. you go that far? Why, you little... So I don't see you for a while. And you have to go and turn into a real boring bitch. Nia. Nia.